Jesus' name. Good morning, Brinesburg. It is so good to see you this morning. I hope you've had a great week, and I hope you're ready to come for the one purpose that we are here, and that is to worship our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today, and we're excited about the opportunity to once again come together for that very purpose. For those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we'd like to welcome you this morning as well. I'm Brother Brad Walker. I'm the pastor here at Brinesburg Baptist Church, and we're so glad to have you with us. And again, for those of you on Facebook Live today, if you'll go in there to the comment section, let us know that you're with us today. We love to know uh, who is joining us in worship. And if there's any prayer needs you might have or anything else that we can reach out to you and uh, communicate back and forth together, just do that through that comment section. And we've got folks that are manning that today and would love to be able uh, to interact with you today as well. Perhaps this is your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg. We'd love uh, for you to take that card that's in front of you and fill it out and uh, place it in the offering plate that's in the foyer before you leave this morning. It helps us to know of your attendance. Uh, but again, more important to us is the opportunity that gives us to connect with you and be able to pray for you and minister to you and your family. So glad to have you with us today. Also, if you're uh, looking for an opportunity to be able to give, uh, we've got the plate in the back, of course. And then also you can go online to brinesburgbaptist.org. And up at the top right-hand corner, there's a give button, and you can give electronically that way as well today. Um, do have one card of thanks, and this is from um, 
the Manleys. This is from Teresa's family and the homegoing of her mom. And it says, Brinesburg Baptist Church, thank you all for your heartfelt messages, prayers, and for the delicious desserts. We love you, Craig, Teresa, Derek, and Allison. And we continue to pray for Teresa's family and uh, and continue to be there for them during this uh, difficult season. Uh, Again, this morning we have many announcements. I hope that you have looked at at your bulletin. Uh, Remember that uh, this evening will be the visitation uh, for Miss Overly Moore, and that visitation uh, will, will be at Collier Funeral Home, and, uh, and then t- tomorrow the funeral service will be here at the church, and that will be uh, from, the visitation will be from 11 to the service at 1 o'clock, and uh, make, make note of that. Uh, also, uh, in your bulletin, notice that we are uh, about that time for fall harvest, time to bring in your candy for fall harvest. If you've noticed, we have a, a display for that out front and then also uh, if you could let us know that you're going to be helping us in some way those sign-up sheets are out in the foyer as well and uh, some of you always tell me well brother brad you know i'm going to be here to help i know no such thing okay so if you're planning on helping i need you to sign up and let us know that you're helping and that will put a lot less stress on rockney okay Uh, he is he, he would really like to know if we've got help and so if you know i'm planning on helping just go out there and sign up and let us know uh, of where you're going to plan on helping, and that'll help us in uh, getting everything together. We usually have hundreds of families coming in, and uh, we need to know that you're going to be here to help us minister to those families uh, during that time together. Um, a lot of other things coming up for our youth and seniors. I'll, I'll notice the uh, Christmas backpacks due date and uh, other items that are coming up uh, pertaining to you and to your family. Again, continue to remember your opportunity to give towards the Eliza Broadus for State Missions offering. And uh, continue to uh, pray for our state missions and opportunities to be able to plant churches and minister to folks throughout the Commonwealth. Uh, today we have many on our prayer list, and we certainly do want to remember all of these uh, particular needs today. I know that you probably, like our class, added many during Sunday school. And uh, we want to remember all of those particular individuals and physical needs uh, perhaps it's uh, relationships that are needing to be mended, whatever the need may be. Uh, but most importantly, this morning, we pray for the lost. We pray for our one. We pray for our two. We pray for our three that the Lord has placed on our heart uh, to have a gospel conversation with. And we pray because we recognize the Holy Spirit has to go before us. He has to convict their heart for them to be ready to receive him. Uh, but then he expects us to be obedient in the going and the sharing. And so let's do that today. Let's do that this week. Let's look for those opportunities that the Lord is going to give to us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to bring the needs upon our hearts and lay them down at the foot of the cross and recognize that you are big enough to take them and, and that we don't have to worry about them anymore. We don't have to try to go and take them back, but that we can trust you with them. Lord, this morning we have brought a lot of different needs into this place. Some this morning have, in the past week, received some difficult diagnosis. Some have been going through um, difficult times at home with broken relationships. But we pray that as the God of reconciliation that you put those things back together again. Lord, for some it's the financial stress. And Lord, we know that you're the great provider. But most importantly this morning, we pray for the lost. Lord, we pray for the one who may be here, who may be watching on television or Facebook Live. And If they were to be honest today, they'd have to say they don't have a relationship with you. They don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. But Lord, they're not here by accident. They're not watching by accident. Lord, they're here by divine appointment. 
because Lord you want them to know of your great love for them and you want them to come to know you today and so Lord even as we come even as we worship together Lord I pray that today might be a day of salvation for many Lord thank you for your great love for us thank you for the way that you bring us through the storms of life Lord you bring us through the joys of life but through it all we pray that you would receive all the honor and the glory and the praise that you and you alone are due for it's in Jesus name we pray you are my all in all, Jesus, my all in all. song, I think of you and you. So sing with us, and then we're going to be singing When I Survey the Cross. There's going to be a lot of singing. Just watch and sing. Sing.
when the best of me is barely breathing when i'm not somebody i believe in hold on to me when i miss the light the night the Lord. Thank you, Nadia, for that special music today. If you would, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, as we continue our study of this great letter that Peter has written to the church, and not just for the first century church, but also for the 21st century church. And as we looked at yesterday, or last Sunday, our last time together, uh, this is a word that many of us, I believe, need to hear today. Uh, many of us are going through trials, we're going through storms, and I believe it's not by accident that we have come to this particular study um, because of this particular time that we find ourselves in um, as, as a church, as individuals, as a, as a nation, as a world. Uh, there's just a lot of hurting that is currently going on, and so this morning I'm I'm thankful to be able to say that I have a word for the hurting from what Peter gives us here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. As you're turning there in your Bibles, go with me to the Lord, the word of prayer today. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to come and to worship. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to sing of who you are, to sing of the cross and the victory that you won there. Lord, we're so thankful to be able to sing of the resurrection and and, Lord, the fact that we serve a, a Savior who is alive and well and reigns. And, Lord, this morning I'm thankful to be able to hear from your word. 
that, Lord, there is hope for the hurting. There's hope for those of us who sometimes feel crushed, Lord, because it's not about us. It's about you and the victory that you've already won and, Lord, the victory that we have in you. And so, Lord, today I, I know that there are many here who, who are going through storms and trials and, and tribulations. And, Lord, you have a word for them today. Uh, but, Lord, I, I especially just feel like you have a word for those who may be here and don't yet have a relationship with you. And I pray that they would hear from you. Not, not hearing from me, but hearing from you, Lord. Hearing that you love them. Hearing that you have a, a desire to have a relationship with them. That you have a desire to change them from, from a sinner to a saint. From an enemy to a child. And so, Lord, today I just thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to be together for this time of worship. Lord, for this time in your word. To, to hear from you. To hear you teach us. To hear you encourage us and correct us and equip us. Uh, as only you can. And so, Lord, this morning, I pray that you'd hide me behind the cross, that only you would be seen, and only you would be heard. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't believe um, that any of us are ever really ready for the storms of life that blow in. I don't think any of us are re really ever prepared completely for when those times hit us in our lives. Similar to you know, being out on Kentucky Lake, and it, it may seem like a beautiful sunny day, and then suddenly that storm blows in, and things change quickly. The past year has been a reminder to me um, that none of us are immune from the storms, from the hurt, from the pain, from the grief that can come in life. In fact, uh, I've been reminded of that time and time again, and it began in May. Um, the month of May for our family was really began filled with uh, end of school events like so many of your families and the whole family was uh, very busy going about doing all that has to be done to, to finish up a school year and to finish up a spring sports year and we'd enjoyed getting to watch Daniel um, compete in the state track meet and that was an awesome experience. Uh, we had gotten to, to watch Levi play in a very unusual spring uh, football season and uh, all of us had been together to watch little Liz Kate graduate from preschool, which is a huge accomplishment. And so uh, we had all been there to cheer her on for that. And when school was dismissed, we were really excited because our family uh, was going to get to do something we'd been planning to do uh, for years, and that was to actually go on a beach vacation. Uh, we had continued to plan those beach vacations in the fall and as many of you may realize, if you plan a beach vacation in the fall, in the fall you have guaranteed that a hurricane will hit that beach. Uh, that's exactly what happened year after year after year. We would plan a beach vacation, and no matter if we went to Florida, if we tried to go to the Gulf, whatever we planned, that's where they got hit by a hurricane. And so finally we had given up, and we started going other places. But we said, we want to go on that beach vacation. So we had planned and planned, and finally there was a lot of excitement because we were going to go, and we were going to have that, that vacation finally that had been planned for so long, and it was, a, it was an awesome week. Um, the weather that week at the Gulf was amazing. It was sunny, it was a light breeze, every day was just sunshine, just every single day. And we'd call home and we'd say, another beautiful day. And on Thursday of that week, we had gone on a dolphin cruise. Uh, if you've ever gone on a dolphin cruise with a five-year-old little girl, it's amazing, okay? Uh, she was just, everything was the most amazing thing she'd ever seen. As those dolphins jumped and she would point them out, we just had a great day. And so the kids that night were eager to call grandparents 
and tell them exactly what we'd seen and all that had taken place. And um, it was an awesome night. And then we went to bed. And early on Friday morning of May the 28th, life changed forever. I got a phone call that no one ever wants to get. You don't want the hotel telephone to ring. And when it did, you know that something's wrong. At first, we thought somebody was pranking us, so we hung up on them. But then we finally realized something's going on here, so we answered. It was the front desk telling us to call home immediately. So I tried to get my wits about me, and I grabbed my cell phone, and I called my dad. And he was saying, your mom's gone. And through tears, we tried to figure out what was going on. And that next day was all about trying to get home and get back to my dad and get back to my sister. And then the next week was a blur as you went through everything that you go through when you have a loved one who has passed away. And it was a difficult season of life. And we had finally kind of gotten our wits about us a little bit. And a month later, my uncle passed away in Murray. And that was hard to take. Um, He had been sick for quite some time, but after having mom pass, uh, that was a a difficult season of life when we got through that. And then in July, we took Levi to a seemingly routine checkup with the orthopedic doctor in Paducah just to get something checked out on his knee. And they said, you know what, this x-ray doesn't look quite right. And so they did an MRI. And they came back with that word that no parent wants to hear, the word tumor. And that sent our lives into another tailspin. Well, thankfully, as the church knows, I've given testimony to, seems like everything's fine with that, we're good with that, uh, but it was still a scary season of life. And then we got back to what we thought was a normal season of life, and school got started back, and then, as so many of our families have experienced, COVID hit with a vengeance with the Delta variant, and it hit our family, and little Liz Kate um, came down with COVID. Um, thankfully, the Lord took care of her, and, and she's okay. But my story over the past four months, from sunshine (laughs) to the darkest of storms, um, is all too similar for you. It's all too similar for so many of your families. The fact that we are hurting people, and we're a hurting people living in the midst of a hurting people, and the realization that life can literally change 180 degrees at any moment can be unsettling. One moment there is health and wealth and great expectations for the future. And then the next moment there are storm clouds and sickness and death and fear. And it blows into our lives seemingly without warning many times. And that's nothing new. 2,500 years ago, Solomon surveyed the course of human existence and concluded that life is all vanity. That it is all emptiness. Solomon looked at the righteous suffering, and he felt that that had to be some sort of injustice in the world for that to take place. Job must have felt much the same way with all that that he went through. A just man, a righteous man, even in the eyes and the words of the Lord, he was righteous, and look what he went through. There has to be something wrong. And perhaps you too have gone through that extended storm, that extended trial, And you've had questions and you've had doubts about it. Why, Lord? But with all that being said, let me stop and just say to you, it's all not just doom and gloom. I want you to understand that. 
It's not all just doom and gloom. In fact, as believers, we have been given some amazing promises by the Lord. In fact, just here in 1 Peter, Peter gives us some amazing promises, some amazing reasons to rejoice. Here in chapter 1, verse 3, we, we have a living hope. In, in verse 4, we have a lasting inheritance. In verse 5, we have a long-term salvation. And here we see this morning in verse 6, we have a, a longed-for final reward. So with all that in mind... Let us be reminded that certainly not all is bad. In fact, there is much cause for rejoicing, for praising the Lord today. Just as Tommy said, we have a reason to sing. We have a reason to open up our mouth and worship Him. And we ought to get about the business of doing just that. Being a people who rejoice. And yet, we all realize that there will be trials. If you live long enough, you've realized that life is not all sunshine and roses and rainbows, that the storms come, and we may not understand them all, nor appreciate them all as they're coming, but we need to be prepared for them just the same. And that's really Peter's purpose in writing these verses to us this morning. He wants to encourage us as readers. He wanted to encourage in the first century. He wants to encourage us today. He, he wants to prepare us for what is surely to come. And so this morning, let's hear Peter's words. To all of us, as hurting Christians, he gives us three words that we need to keep in mind in the midst of our hurt. So as we look at those, let's stand in honor of the reading of God's word. 1 Peter chapter 1, let's look at verses 6, 7, 8, and 9. Wherein ye greatly rejoice now for a season, if need be ye are in heaviness, though manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found into praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen ye love, and whom though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. You may be seated. What encouraging words Peter has for us this morning. And so the first word I want you to see is, is the word reality. There's a word about reality here in verse 6. He says rejoicing is our common state. Now we may feel like hurt and pain and trials and tribulations is our common state. But what Peter says is that truly as believers that rejoicing is our, is our common state. If you spend enough time around some believers, around some people who call themselves Christians, you would come away thinking that the Christian life is nothing but a big series of trials and that there is no room for praise, there's no room for rejoicing, that it's all just heavy stuff. But in truth... As Christians, we're a rejoicing people. Even in the midst of the trial, even in the midst of, of hardships in life, as they come, we can continue to rejoice. We are to rejoice in spite of the troubles. To rejoice through the trials. But also we see redemption does not guarantee us immunity from trials. And that's important for us to see. And that's what we see throughout Scripture. Is just because we have a relationship with Christ, it doesn't mean that we're going to be immune from the, the storms of life. The Christian who thinks that just because he or she is saved, they're going to be shielded from trouble and from, and, and from trial and from issues of life is, is going to find that they're, they're terribly mistaken. They're going to come to a rude awakening when those times come. 
Because being saved doesn't mean that we're not going to experience trouble. And for many of us, we understand that. That we're Christians, but just because we're Christians, it doesn't mean we're not going to experience, experience these issues of life uh, that, that come. Christians get sick. Christians have marriages that fall apart. Christian parents have trouble with their children. Christians have financial troubles. Christians walk through some pretty deep and dark valleys at times. But Jesus said it plainly in, in John 16, These things have I spoken unto you that ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He doesn't say that some of you might. He says that ye shall have tribulations. Remember that just because this trial came and took you by surprise, just because this trial came and, and jerked the rug out from under you, it didn't take God by surprise. It never takes God by surprise. He knew about it before it happened and had already made a way to bring you through the trial stronger than you were before you entered. He never changes and is still able to keep us through it all. But also, we see that rough times are in store for everyone. Rough times are in store for everyone. No one is immune from the trials and from the troubles of life. We look at the struggles of Job. Um, again, Job was referred to by God himself as being a righteous man. In fact, God says to Satan, have you considered righteous Job? That's the reason he was considered. And Job, a righteous man, a good man, even in the eyes of God, a good man, experienced horrible trials. His life was great. His, his life was going good. Everything was well with him. He, he had it all. He had the wealth. He had land. He had herds and livestock galore. He had a beautiful family. He had the reputation of being a good man in the community. Therefore, he had prestige in his community. He was well thought of. And seemingly, in an instant, his life changed. And everything fell apart. He lost all of his wealth. He lost all of his family. He lost all of his health. And with all of that came a lot of the prestige that he had came crashing down. Because even his three friends said to him, there's something wrong with you. Or God wouldn't be putting you through this. Job experienced heartbreak and hurt, and yet God brought him through it. So don't fall into the trap that the health and wealth preacher will say, you know, as long as you're living for the Lord, you're going to have, your finances are going to be met, and you're going to be, you're going to be fine, you're going to be healthy, and you're not going to have to worry about some of those things that the rest of the world has to worry about, because God's going to bless it. He's going to bless it all, and you're never going to have to worry about those things. No, that's a lie from, from Satan. Because you're going to experience those things. God wants you to know that there will be times when you're going to go through battles. But he's there. Peter calls these times, these trying times, manifold temptations. This means that they hit. And they hit from every side seemingly. And with often devastating consequences. They're not fun to go through. Some of you could raise your hand and say, Brother Brad, that's right, they're not fun to go through. But they come, nonetheless. And yet God is still in control. Through it all, God is still in control, and he knows what he's doing in your life and in mine. But secondly, I want you to see another word, realignment. There's a word about realignment in verse 7. 
Notice the area of our trials. It says the trial of your faith. When troubles do come, they seem to uh, concentrate their power in attacking our faith, in, 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 in attacking our trust in the Lord. Satan wants to do all that he can to make Christians doubt the power of God to meet their every need, to really take care of us. If anyone knew this, it was Peter. If anyone knew what it was to be attacked at, at, the, at the very place of, of faith and trust in the Lord, it was Peter. Uh, Jesus had already told Peter that Peter was going to die for his faith relationship with Christ. He, he'd already said, you know, you're going to suffer. You're going you're to go through crucifixion. You're going to experience what I've experienced. He'd already told him that. Jesus had already told Peter to expect rejection from the world. And Peter had, had already suffered for his faith. We see that in Acts chapter 4 and, and, and Acts chapter 12. We, we see those things. Peter knew what it was to not have an easy life even though he had a relationship with Christ, even though he was one of the three who was closest on this earth to the Lord Jesus. He knew what it was to struggle, but he's not the only one. Paul knew his share of suffering. Certainly Stephen suffered for Jesus. James was killed for his faith in Acts chapter 12. And in fact, if we look throughout church history, 11 of the 12 disciples gave their lives because of the name of Jesus. And the 12th, which was John, was exiled to the island of Patmos because of his faith. He was taken away from the church that he loved and the people that he loved and placed on a rocky island surrounded by the sea because of his faith in Jesus. He knew suffering. But more than that, there are over 68 million believers who have died over the past 2,000 years. Why? Because of the name of Jesus, because of their relationship with Jesus, because they were in an intimate love relationship with him. They experienced suffering. So Christians who find themselves suffering, especially for their faith, those are folks who are in good company. They're in good company. There are others who have gone before you. But also we see the alignment that takes place. Peter speaks of the refining process that gold goes through. And when gold is subjected to the flame, the impurities and the dross in that gold come and they float up to the top. Meaning that the result of the fire is a purer gold than that which was present before the fire. The flame is actually what purifies the gold. And so the same is true in the life of the believer. When Jesus allows us to go through the furnace of affliction, it serves to remove from our lives the things that are not needed there. The junk that is not needed there will float to the surface and then he can allow us uh, to, to give it over to him and he'll deal with it. It, it brings us into a closer, into a, a purer relationship with the Lord Jesus. But also, we see the abundance that we receive. Peter nudges us here, I believe, um, to remember that we aren't home yet. And we've talked about this last week. It's so important for us to understand that truth. This is not home. That we are aliens and strangers in this land. This is not home, and that's why it doesn't feel like home. If it feels like home, my friend, there's a problem. Because this is not home. And so our trials, he says, are working for our good. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. And so 
we may not see the benefit today, but when we stand before the Lord in heaven and we are rewarded for our walk with him and for the suffering that we endured here below, it will be worth it all. Then we will see why he put us in those situations. We'll see why he put us um, over the flame. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, For our lot affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And so what we're going through in the here and the now will have lasting benefits in the hereafter. And that's the promise that is given to us by the Lord. So how many of you, I wonder this morning, have ever been through the amazing experience of teaching a child or a, or a grandchild how to ride a bike. If that's not the most infuriating, frustrating thing I've ever tried to do in my life, I am currently in the midst of trying to teach Liz Kate Walker how to ride a bike. That is maybe the most impossible thing I've ever taken on in my life. Um, she's got this bike, and the, and the training wheels will come on and off very easily, thankfully. That is the truth. And so I'm in the midst of trying to teach her how to ride a bike. And, and that little girl can argue with me about absolutely every aspect of riding a bike. And so it, it, I'm going to put it off on somebody else because this is not working out well. Uh, but, but if you've been through that, you, you know what it's like. Um, the training wheels come off, and, and as soon as they come off, there's some fear, isn't there? Uh, that, that, that safety net's no longer there. And, and so there's, there's some fear about that. And then there's going to be some, some falls. And what I found is, quite frankly, there's going to be failure, okay? Uh, there just is in this process. Um, so we put the training wheels back on, and maybe we'll try in a, in a few weeks. Um, but that's kind of the process, isn't it? There's a point when the training wheels absolutely have to be taken off for that child to experience the joy and the freedom of, of going and riding a bike, really riding a bike. And so you start by holding on. You start by, by trying to help them balance, but that can't last forever. Then there comes that point when for their own good, you're going to have to let go. You're going to have to let them go. And, and will there be some wrecks? Will there be some, some skint knees along the way? Absolutely. That's part of the process. That doesn't mean that we don't love them. It means that we want to teach them to do something that's going to bring joy ultimately. But there's going to be some trial. There's going to be some failure in that. And so eventually they learn. Eventually they learn, okay, this is how you balance. They, they learn that balance and then they learn the thrill of riding free. But only because they have endured the fears and the falling and, yes, some failures along the way. And so in much the same way... God knows best. He's not out to hurt you. He's out to help you. And he will let you go through some of those bumps and some of those bruises because he realizes that in the end it's going to be for your good. It's going to be because he wants to bring you greater joy. He allows what he does to strengthen your faith, to grow you in relationship to him, to bring you into that closer, pure relationship with him. So let's face it, if the Lord never challenged us, if he never brought any challenges into our life, how would we ever grow? You don't get stronger by sitting on the couch and eating potato chips. You get stronger by going to the gym 
and lifting and, and using those muscles. And there's some pain in that and there's some struggle in that. And there's, there, there's going to be some days when you're going to want to give up. But ultimately, it leads to a healthier, healthier physical body. And that, that's the same thing spiritually. Unless we're willing to do a little bit of the heavy lifting, unless we're willing to exercise the faith a little bit, we're going to end up not having much of a relationship at all. It's those times of trial that bring us closer. But then lastly, I want you to look at that word, reliability. There's a word about reliability. Look at verses 8 and 9. To his praise, not that God can count on us, but that we can count on him. Isn't that good news? That, that we can count on God even when we don't do our part, that we can count on him. Remember that Peter is the disciple that denied Jesus three times. While Jesus was on trial, while Jesus was standing trial for us, for Peter, Peter is out there denying him around the fire. Three times Peter came up short of reliability, of reliably loving the Lord. However, Jesus' love is always reliable. Remember Jesus' interaction there with, with, John, with, with Peter, though, in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 22. He says, So when they had dined, Jesus saith unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, Thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith to him, Feed my lambs. And he saith to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith to him, Feed my sheep. And he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus saith to him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hand, and another shall gird thee and carry thee where thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. And then Peter, turning about, and seeth the, the disciple whom Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at the supper, and saith, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? And Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and shall this man do? And Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. What is taking place here is that Jesus is saying, Peter, you might not always be reliable. <laughs> Peter, you might not have come up reliable there around the fire but Peter I haven't given up on you because I am reliable and I will forgive you and I will continue to use you if you come and if you have a, a repentant heart ready to say Lord I, I want to come back and I want to do what you've called me to do I want to be yours once again he says I'll bring you back because my love my promises are reliable I'll, I'll, I'll make you strong he says by my spirit the man that I've called to shepherd my church will continue to shepherd my church is what he tells him. Three times you denied me, I'm going to allow you three times to come back. And that's true for us. What we see here is in the midst and in the contrast of Peter being unreliable. And, and, and even though he had walked with, with uh, Jesus for three years and yet still at the end his, his love was unreliable. Yet we see here this contrast. And Peter is pointing to that uh, of the reliable love of these persecuted believers for the Lord who had not seen Jesus face to face. And Peter is saying, I, I was with him 
face-to-face for three years. And yet my love was not as reliable as yours. But you, you have, praise be to the Lord, have, have not seen his face. You, you have not had the opportunities that I've had. And yet you can continue in your steadfast love for him. He says, I see that reliable love as the characteristic of your life. Because of the persecution, because of the trials, because of the hardships that you've been through, your love has been refined. Remember, like that gold, to the praise of the Lord. Their love for the Lord is the characteristic that should be the the characteristic of all of us as Christians in our lives. That love, that steadfast love, this personal love relationship with the Lord is what should bring us joy, even in the midst of the difficult circumstances of life, in the midst of sickness, in the midst of our brokenness, in the midst of our grief. There can still be joy in Christ. And praise be to the Lord, I hope that, that many of our families that have been through difficult days in, in the last few months, that that's what you're seeing, is that, you know, it's difficult, yes, but there can be joy even through the trial because of what we have in Christ. And all of this is to our profit. To our profit. As we weather the storms of life, as we see God bring us through time and time again, we can actually learn to develop a spirit of praise as we are on this journey towards heaven. We find that our unseen Savior will see us through every trial, just like that shepherd that is spoken of there in Psalm 23, one of my favorite psalms. He ever abides with his own. When we face trials, he goes through them with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. His grace is always sufficient for every need. And again, this is what produces the unspeakable joy that he points to there in verse 8. It's the fact that not that life has no trials, not that it's all smooth sailing, but that in the storm, in the hardship, in the grief, in the pain, that we can find joy in our relationship with Christ. And so I don't don't think it's, it's by accident that the Lord continues to lead me to preach week in and week out on on this issue of, of, of weathering the storms of life. Because I know many of you are in that difficult place right now. Many of you are in the midst of the storm. And I know just because of the way that life is that many of you may not know it today, but you're getting ready to go into that season of life. You're getting ready to hit a storm. That's just the reality of life. And so whatever the reason, I'm glad that Peter wrote this letter that gives us hope regarding the overcoming of life's difficult times through Christ, that our joy can be found in him. And and so this morning, I wonder, how do you need to respond to Jesus today? How do you need to to respond to, to what he is saying to us? This altar is open this morning. Maybe there's Something on your heart that's heavy and you just want to say, God, thank you for being the one that I can, I can lean on and lay this on because I, I can't carry it any longer. It's just too heavy. But maybe for some of you, you're saying, Brother Brad, you know, to be gut level honest with you this morning, Brother Brad, I don't have that kind of a relationship with Jesus. And that's kind of a foreign concept to me of, of having one that I can count on like that. Because you know what? None of our earthly relationships are like that. There's no one, no matter how close you are to him, that I can guarantee you is never going to let you down other than Jesus. He will never let you down. He will never break a promise. And he will always be there. Through the times of joy and celebration and through the times of heartache and grief and pain, he is there. And let me tell you this morning, you need a relationship with him. If you come in this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, 
if you're watching on television, if you're watching on Facebook Live and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you need a relationship with him today. Because life is hard. It is. Life can be stormy. It can be, it can be dangerous. You need Jesus to bring you through. And this morning, if you recognize that you need him, if you recognize the sin in your life that you can't deal with on your own, that only Jesus can deal with that, if you're willing to repent of that sin, meaning turn away from it and come to Jesus today, he promises you that, you know what, no matter what you've done, no matter what the sin may be, he will forgive you and he will make you a new creation in him. If you will come, he will make you his own. Maybe that's what you need today. Maybe you need a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you today, come. Maybe you need to make this your church home. You come. Be obedient today to the God who is with us through the storms of life. That is some good news today. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you. Thank you. Thank you for in the seasons when we are hurting, that we are never alone, that you're always right there with us, and you're leading us through, and you're, you're strengthening us through and this morning, I, I pray for those that are, that are hurting today, those who are going through this season of heartbreak and, and pain and suffering. Lord, I'm so thankful, though, that they're not alone. And so, Lord, some of us may just need to come to this altar today and lay some things down. Lord, some of us may need to make this our church home, and we need to join and, and say, you know what, Lord, I want to begin to serve you here. I, I want to begin to do life with, with this fellowship of believers. But some don't yet have a relationship with you. And they need to come today, and they need to say yes for the very first time, to a relationship with you because, Lord, that's what you desire for them. You desire for them to know you intimately and personally. So, Lord, I pray that that might take place even today. Lord, you, you know every heart. Lord, you know every individual and the circumstances of their life. And, Lord, I just pray that you would speak to them even now and help each of us to be obedient in whatever way we need to be, even this morning. For, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come?